Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eSchool News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in K-12 EdTech this week. I'm Kevin Hogan, and I'm glad you found us. This week, we get out of the weeds and find some time to think big with a few beefy pieces of content posted to eSchool News recently. From Society 5.0 to digital equity to the ideas of remote and hybrid learning and how they'll affect education going forward post-pandemic, we get a chance to sit back and contemplate the deeper aspects of ed tech. Come along. First, we start with a piece penned by Roger James Hamilton. He's the founder and CEO of the Genius Group, where he makes the case that educators should be teaching innovative ed tech skills to future generations to get students ready for the world of work. The piece is called How EdTech is Embedded in Society 5.0, and you can find it up on the homepage this week under the top news feed. Here's an excerpt. He writes, and now as we embark on Society 5.0, the age of collaboration and the balancing of economic advancement with the resolution of social problems, we are beginning to see EdTech and digital learning become embedded in our lives. Children and adults alike learn better when engaged, and in this virtual world, engagement can be driven by a gamification and by encompassing forward-thinking technologies such as virtual reality and artificial intelligence. By utilizing AI, we will also see a more personalized and varied curriculum that will enable more students to find their purpose. In this scenario, fewer students will be left to fall through the gaps a problem that we see time and time again with traditional education. And so what does that mean for the near future? He goes on, as we move forward through the 2020s, we have already seen huge global uncertainties with recessions looming in both the U.S. and the U.K. And around the world, I'll I'll add to that. With uncertainty in abundance and concerns as the cost of living continues to balloon, it will be even more important for students to leave education without significant debt. So many people are putting off learning simply because they can't afford to or can't attend classes while working. Why should graduates start their professional lives encumbered by huge debts that have to be paid off? A new era is around the corner for education where students will be able to earn while they learn. Now, this piece is a good read for many reasons, but my number one takeaway, it's actually positive. Check it out. Next, Michael Webb, he's the Chief Technology Officer for Identity Automation, takes what you might think are apple and orange topics in the world of EdTech and turns them into, well, a fruit salad of sorts. The piece is called How Digital Equity Enhances Cybersecurity in Schools. He writes, just as all students aren't the same, their needs for entering and using these systems may vary greatly. Thus, if a district uses the same access process for all, the chance that gaps in digital equity exists is nearly certain. A fifth grader with special needs may face access and access confirmation processes that take away from instruction time in class throughout the day. Furthermore, imagine facing those same hurdles every day and every year through a K-12 education. He goes on, by writing, establishing digital identities and then managing access in a secure yet scalable and flexible way enables schools to safely and more easily cater to unique needs. Unfortunately, 
Many of the older legacy identity and access management systems were not designed to help combat the complex cyber threats that districts face today. That inevitably eats into instruction time and causes delays and inefficiencies that impact millions of students across the country. The solution? Michael says more advanced IAM platforms. That's our acronym for the week, by the way, IAM, Identity Authentication Management. He writes, they can significantly reduce delays and help prevent data theft at the same time. Some of the most powerful and efficient benefits of a properly deployed IAM include multi-factor authentication. This approves or denies access rights and tailors authentication methods that are used based on risk level. Privileged access management. This reduces the risk of a security breach with comprehensive privileged account access controls that decreases the number of users with multiple accounts. And finally, automated deprovisioning. This eliminates the risk of human error by authenticating user accounts and lifecycle management of all users, including students, staff, and vendors. Now, I promise we wouldn't get into the weeds too much, but I think this was important because the particulars of this piece have some really interesting implications for what it means to keep a school district system secure. Be sure to go up online and check it out. And finally, we look back at a conversation where we pull back and try to divine what the future of hybrid learning will look like now that we've been through this great remote learning experiment of COVID-19. I had the pleasure to talk with John Watson. He's the founder of Evergreen Education Group and Rachel Goodwin. She's the Senior Director of Academics for Blended Schools at Stride about these particulars. Here's a snippet. Have a listen. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, there, there's almost a, an odd intimacy that's created, you know, using this platform that we're using right now at that time as a parent, where I spoke more to my kids' teachers in 18 months than I had in 18 years. I mean, we'd have one-to-one Zoom calls, you know, I mean, this is beyond the instruction, but just, we also talked about the idea of social emotional learning came to the forefront because, mm-hmm. as you said, John, those those first few weeks, people are like state standards. We just want to make sure everybody's okay, right? And you just want to make sure that people are safe. And that whole idea of SEL kind of came to the forefront. Another one of those education concepts that became a stark reality. Talk a little bit about how you think we will be able to maintain that dynamic now that we're going back to normal or you know, whatever normal is going to be now. Can do you, do you see that these techniques are something that that are going to stick. John, I'll start with you on that. One, uh, I I also hesitate to talk about a a silver lining in a pandemic that's uh, killed close to a million Americans and countless others overseas. There there is, however, I, I think a benefit to the fact that there's now more appreciation for mental health broadly. I think there's more appreciation for the needs of, of, of human connectedness, whether it's in education or outside. And within education, I, I think that's reflected in that catch-all SEL term. The, the thing that's interesting to me about SEL is when, when you dig into it, especially if you're relatively new to it, and, and I was not too long ago, right? And, and, and as I dug into it, my thought was, this is what good teachers have been doing forever, right? This is what my good teachers did in in the previous century when I was a student. 
the difference is that when you think about SEL as a thing, to me, it's about systematizing those issues. So you're not you're not leaving it up to individual teachers who may have different comfort levels. They may with, with thinking about SEL related issues, they may have different skills and different tactics about how to approach those issues. And so, to me, a lot of this is about making sure we're taking SEL and thinking about how, how do we make it a part, a regular part of the educational experience for every student, as opposed to something that's a lot more hit or miss. I'd have to agree with you, John. That's one of the things that I think there was always such a focus back to MTSS, right? Just you know, multi-tiered uh, approaches uh, and interventions to supporting students academically. And as you know, more schools were going were in this in the pandemic and having to come up with you know remote learning and blended learning, we started having more discussions on MTSS E, which is MTSS engagement, right? What are the intervent? What are some of those triggers? What are some things that we need to be looking for? Um, what are some of those uh, strategies or skills we need to develop in our students, right, um, to be able to manage through those challenging times? And where do they get resources, even within their community, um, within the school community, outside their school community, and then looking at those interventions and strategies with the teachers? So almost formalizing, right, a process on how we address these things, but also what are the triggers, what are the behaviors, we're, you know, that we're seeing, what are the resources and supports to be able to address those things, um, and then just taking a little closer look. Um, so, like, for example, with one school I worked with, they were doing a great job of tracking, actually, you know, how many times, let's say, a student might have you know, miss looking at absences, for instance, right? They were tracking absences, so those that are not engaging, you know, in the synchronous sessions, um, even if it was a connect call, how many of those were missed, and looking at all of that, those data to be able to really, those are just obviously, you know, just data points, but then using that data points to ask some more qualitative questions to the student or to the families to then understand what the narrative is, right? Because they might not be able to do anything to academically because of maybe some social emotional issues going on or challenges. So how do we, how do we address that so that we can't get to the academics and to the learning? Um, so I just thought that was really interesting how we've shifted with in this you know, environment that it was just MTSS academics to now how do we take that approach when we're looking at engagement and supporting students, you know, emotionally and socially. You can go up online to eschoolnews.com and go under the webinar tab to hear the full story under the title, Blended and Hybrid Learning, The Future of Education, which I would highly encourage because once again, it came away as a very positive conversation. As bad as times have been, I think we're seeing that some of the results of our trials here are making for a very happy future. So that about wraps it up for this episode. Be sure to check back on eschoolnews.com for all the latest and greatest news and analysis for what's happening in the ed tech space. Remember, eSchool is always free and always trying to help innovative educators just like you. Until next time, I'm Kevin Hogan for eSchool News.